welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own midlife by speaking with inspiring people about theirs. This show overall was inspired by the midlife crisis, Western astrology transits, though it's definitely not all about astrology because of the range of people I talk to. At the end of each episode, you'll hear a music track by me that links into the discussion in some way, however creative the path of association. Today's show takes a bit of a tangent from the astrological transits I've explored with other guests as we head into human design, a different modality that still uses time of birth and planetary influences, but in quite a different way. Personally, I love both traditional Western astrology and human design for different reasons, as they contribute different things to my life. Our guest today is Christine Spicer. Christine brought human design to New Zealand in 2005, and has taught and facilitated many people to find out more about their own uniqueness, and encouraging them on their experiment to live by their personal design. Alongside Human Design, she is a successful facilitator and executive coach in leadership development and one of four directors of Spirited Leadership. In this episode, we touch on what human design is with its forms of decision making. Spoiler, it's not the same for everyone. Strategies for living life according to your design. And, pertinent to this show, we look at how midlife and other significant life points are viewed in human design. Christine talks about her own midlife journey and how human design was key to healing her physical health. If you've never heard of human design, or you know a little bit, or you know a lot and want to know more, you can check out the links in the show notes too. It's my great delight to welcome Christine Spicer to Unraveling Midlife. Christine, welcome. Yeah, wonderful to be here, Sarah. Oh, I'm so excited that you're able to make uh, this show because you're one of the first people that came to mind when I had the idea for it. And I really wanted to um, be able to discuss midlife, um, and human design, which is your specialty, because it's had such a great effect on my life as I slowly start to learn about it. It's quite a process. Um, can you tell us, and the listeners that might not know anything or much about human design, a bit about what what you do? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have the delight to have found, stumbled across human design many, many years ago, and um, and I work with people, um, individuals and groups to help them tap into their own truth, you know, that very deep essence that each person has that brings them into the sense of their own inner authority. And, and I use, to do that, I use the, the map, which is called a body graph of human design. And so each person has... Um, what's called a body graph, which is essentially a map of your, your energy, your consciousness, your biology, and you, each person's map is entirely unique. And so even though there is in human design some, you know, there are some broad what we call types that people belong to, Really, each map is entirely unique. And this is the magic of human design because human design really takes you into your own 
particular journey. And when you tap into this map of yours, it takes you on your path towards your purpose. And so that's really what I'm doing when I'm working with people. Towards your purpose. What does that mean? Yeah, so it means that we don't need to know what our purpose is, actually. We just need to tap into this incredible technology that we have inside ourselves of our own in our authority and our way of interact, our, our way that our aura, our particular energy is designed to interact with the world. And when we apply that day to day in, in every decision that we make, then eventually what happens is our body starts to navigate kind of magically towards all the people, places, and events that are for us, for us to get our purpose, our contribution, the reason for being here in this life. And so, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to mentally work out what is my purpose and trying to feel into it and all of that. And yet there is something incredible about knowing, ah, I just have to take the next step based on my inner authority and my particular strategy of the way I'm designed to be. And when I do that, the life I'm here to get turns up. I love it. I've been talking to some other people who've been following um human design I don't know if that's the correct terminology and experimenting because you do talk about experimenting with the things learned from the body graph in terms of decision making and and the way of being in the world and how the experiment really does end up making a lot more sense on a completely different level that the mind could never grab onto and I think what oh it was always stuck with me is that your authority your decision making authority is really to it's never the mind yes this is the thing it's never the mind and so um and you know most people are trying to make decisions with their minds and this is why we have so much um mental illness in this world you know we have a an epidemic of mental illness and it's because we're all trained to make decisions well it's not only because of course this has been a lot of complexity to that but part of it is that we're all trained to make decisions with this mind and this mind is like a time capsule you know it can it can dive into the future it can delve back into the past it has real difficulty being in the present and it can take us into all sorts of worlds that have got nothing to do with what we're actually experiencing right now. And then in amongst all of that, we're asking it as it's bombarded with all this information that's now available <laughs> to make a decision about our lives. And yet there's something that is inside of us that's in our bodies that actually tells us that, you know, and for each person that's different. Um, each person has their own particular recipe of how that feels in their body. And that's what... So following human design, you know, I heard what you said about following human design. It's really about following your human design. Yeah. 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 And this is where people also can go off track with human design, that they can get into all the knowledge of human design to forget to follow their own map. And that's also the mind, you know, so. <laughs> Having had a look online at the plethora of information, it, um, it is does seem very mind oriented and and what 
I've experienced on some of the retreats that I've been on with you has really been a much more experiential experience. I hate that in those two words, same <laughs> road, but it was very much more experiential and completely different than thinking it through and figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way I love to teach. And that's the way I've really learned human design myself because um, it is about the body. It's about, it's about your biology. You know, it's about your genetics. It's about this physical form and the way that this physical form has got intelligence inside of it. And so to me, it makes real sense to teach that through the physicality of the experience of people being in a room together. Yeah, we can do a certain amount online, but really um, we can also end up just in our heads about it if we're just thinking about it and learning about it mentally and academically. So, yeah, that's why I love I love the live, you know, I love the live experiential. It's been fun. And, you know, as you know, in some of those retreats that you've been to, it's it's about interaction and it's about relating. And even though a lot of it is deep and moving and transformational, it's also fun, you know. Yes, fun. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I know that for me, learning about my authority and how to make decisions was a real game changer. And I know that a lot of people kind of spout, oh, you look in your gut and you you look in your stomach and you, you'll know a yes or a no. Or, um, but different traditions have a whole lot of different ways of um, saying this is how you make decisions. And what I love about human design is identifying that not everyone makes decisions the same way. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And I mean, this is what really helped me because, you know, if we think about this whole, you know, the topic of midlife, you know, I got to my midlife and I was still trying to work out this riddle of how to really engage with life. So it served me, you know, I, up until that point, I had, I think, worked out how to engage with life so it served other people <laughs> but it didn't necessarily serve me and I had tried so many things before I found human design and so many of them were useful and supportive and yet they didn't really give me leverage as far as continuing our better health continuing uh, more well-being um, you know, that that trajectory towards always a better life is what human design has given me. Whereas a lot of these other things, yeah, they were effective for a while. And then I'd start to drop back into old patterns, old ways of being, which I couldn't quite shake. And um, yeah, so it was a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. I recall that you talk, well, I guess human design in general talks about taking on what you learn from it and experimenting with it it's an experiment it's not um, taking on a new belief system or anything it's really just experimenting with how how you are in the world and it does of course have um, a midlife component how does all of that work in human design because I know it's different from the astrology that I've talked about in my other episodes and I'm, I'm curious how how Absolutely. Yeah, so um, so probably I should say first that the um, the connection between astrology and human design is that 
well, one of, way, one of the ways of looking at it is that we use at the time, place and date of birth to generate a person's body graph, their human design body graph. And so, of course, the planets then have an impact because your chart is made up of uh, two components. One component is the imprint from the planets the moment you're born, which is like the astrology aspect of it. And the other component is, um, and that's the personality, that's actually the soul, you know, the part that arrives and joins the body for this life. And then there's another imprint in human design, which is, takes place around three months before you're born. And that's when, you know, the body, the, the body is built enough for viable life. And that's actually the point at which consciousness arrives. And that imprint from the planets is, of course, three months before. When you put them together, you end up with this map, which is the body graph. So the imprint three months before is of the, for the body, it's the unconscious, it's the genetics, it's your in inheritance in a way from your bloodline. So we've got the human form and we've got the, the personality, the conscious part, which is the soul, and they come together in this incarnation. You know, and that is this one-time opportunity for these two parts to be together in this life. And then, of course, the soul goes on and the body dies. But, of course, no one taught us how these two parts are designed to live together. And that's what human design is. It, it gives us, ah, this is how these two parts of me are designed to live together. This is how my body and my, you know, my personality or my soul are designed to be together. And so coming back to your question um, about the midlife, yeah, so the midlife is from the Uranus opposition. So that's when the planet Uranus, so it's the same as astrology, yeah? It's when this planet comes um, opposite to where it was when you were born. In this, in human design terms, is a, is a shift in perspective. And you can actually see it in someone's chart. You can see Ah, the perspective is shifting from this perspective, from the first 40 or so years to that perspective, which is the, uh, the next 40 or so years. And this is not just a shift in the, in the conscious mind and the soul, or the conscious part of us and our soul. It's the shift in the body. And so this is a whole experience. And, you know, some people's shift is really extreme because the theme of their early um, first 40 years is so different to the theme of their second 40 years and then that shift is it's incredible it's huge and other people it's less of a shift because maybe the themes are a little bit more similar to each other and so you know it's a complete shift in perspective the way what we see in the world what kind of environment we're designed to move in um, and if we're not tuned into our own um, authority at that point this becomes an incredible crisis well I'm relieved I've still got a couple of years to <laughs> practice getting in tune with my inner authority though it does fascinate me that Uranus when it's not kind of turning around and appearing to go in the opposite direction from our vantage point really can really go really quick quickly and mm. move, move through space relative to us so quickly that my friends that are three or four or five months older or younger than me have entirely different Uranus opposition dates to myself mm. 
<laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. And, you know, it's bringing us into the beginning of our um the beginning of our future and and it's really asking us to step into how unusual we are it's asking us to really step through that door to say yeah each person's here to be unusual to be innovative to be different and if you're going to have longevity in your life you better learn to to slip into that skin which is your unusual skin and really start to inhabit fully your consciousness and your body so that you have this opportunity to start to take up this sense of purpose in your life because this is really the beginning of the potential for that um yeah oh I'm now actually sound feeling a little bit more excited than apprehensive <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Just going back, you said that there was a theme before and a theme after. How how do you find out about those themes? Like, so the themes are from they come from the nodes of the moon. So in everyone's chart, there is a south node and a north node. That's the same as astrology. And the themes of that in the body graph, you have to just look at where it is in the body graph, and of course interpret the whole chart. So, you know, so that is something that. Um, I do, you know, I do, it's Uranus opposition readings. And yet, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I just want my Uranus op opposition reading and I haven't had a foundation reading. And it's pointless because the Uranus opposition reading is really interesting, but only if you've mastered in some way, and this is what the Uranus opposition is saying, well, you better master your characteristics of the way that you were designed to be because if you don't, doesn't matter what you do, this unusual phase where you're potentially stepping through this door in the future is you, you just, you step through the door and it's, it's a crisis. There's nothing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just a mess because you're not equipped at all because you don't know yourself. You're following some kind of authority that's coming from outside of you. You're disconnected from your body and you don't know this, this original innovative way that you're designed to operate in the world. So it doesn't matter what you know about those themes. They're not going to arrive in the way that is life-giving for you. And so this is what happened to me, you know. So I was, um, when I reached my Uranus opposition, which was when I was 41 years old, um, I came to that and I'd been on a journey of trying to find my well-being. You know, I'd been on a journey of um, of really needing to recover from the first <laughs> phase of my life. And that recovery was so important because I'd been so successful. And this is the thing to realize, you know, it's not about, you know, that that first phase can't be successful. I was recovering, trying to recover from my success. You know, I could be almost anything. I was. I had this huge life. I was very successful. I could tick off all the boxes of what people said, this is what you need in your life, yeah? Mm. And yet I wasn't, I wasn't well. I tried everything and I had got, you know, I definitely had tried many things and I'd found all sorts of breakthroughs and I'd found 
wellness for a period of time and then because I didn't know how to operate as myself I didn't know how to make decisions in this very unusual way that I'm designed to make decisions <laughs> didn't matter what I tried whether it was you know yoga qigong um, journey work uh, shamanic journeying um, acupuncture all sorts of alternative modalities they would work for a while and then they wouldn't and so at my, just after my Uranus opposition, I found human design. In fact, it was just the year after that Uranus opposition. And it was like, wow. This is the number of the universe. Yeah, amazing. I just couldn't believe it. It was like, this is what I have been looking for. It just resonated in every bone in my body. And I realized ah, this is why I could never quite get leverage with all those other things. Yeah? So it had a dramatic impact on, on your physical health and emotional well-being. That's what you're saying? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, and I mean, this has been my journey. And, you know, as I was um, just preparing for this, trying, looking back and trying to remember, oh, yeah, what did happen around then? And what did happen at my Saturn return? And what did happen at my Cairo return? You know, it was really interesting to revisit it and to realize, ah, yeah, at all these turning points, there was always a challenge for me to my health and well-being. And they were, of, they were different sized challenges. Mm. And each one really asked me to dive into the toolbox that I developed and, you know, of how to be well in the world and to draw on everything that I knew so that I could on some level heal myself. And it happened at my Chiron return as well. But it was my human design journey, along with those other tools that my authority said were the correct ones for me, yeah, that, um, that helped me with that because, you know, before before human design, I was probably more kind of up and up for anything into anything. You know, it's like, oh, here's this modality I tried. Oh, here's this, <laughs> oh, I'll try it. You know, all these different things that I tried. And when I found my human design, I realized, ah, you know, I'm I'm what I'm a type which is called a reflector type, which is only one percent of the population, and. Uh, if something's going to be correct for me, it really has to stick around through this whole process of really sitting with it for a lunar cycle. It has to still be relevant for me. Making any kind of decision um, about some kind of um, development to do, because I've always been into development or professional personal development or any kind of healing modality it re or any kind of person that I'm going to work with this really has to be something that I take slowly and if I take it slowly using my strategy and authority then something amazing happens and that is that it ends up being something that is supportive for me but more than that it ends up being supportive for all the people that I work with you know this is my journey is for me and it turns out it's for other people as well and I guess that's one of the surprises, you know, that has happened from this um, discovery process, which is the following of my human design, the following of my authority. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned the Saturn return and the Chiron return. So 
um, Saturn coming back around to where it was when you were born, usually mm-hmm. around 29, but also around 58 and whatever 58 plus 29 is, if you get mm-hmm. that off. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Chiron return around 50 or so. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, Chiron has quite an erratic orbit, so I, I'm, I'm guessing that some people may end up having two Chiron returns, but it really depends what decade or, or when about yes. They were yeah, born. Yeah. So in human design, what, what do those two represent? Yeah, so in human design, the Saturn return, um, and yeah, how old was I at my Saturn return? I wrote it down here. Um, I was 29, turned out, and when I looked it up, I was like, oh, that's the day oh, yeah. we buried mm. my grandmother. Ah, wow, okay. Actually, I yeah. cremated, we didn't bury her, but we had a funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was 28 and, yeah, some people are 29 or even older than that at their Saturn return. Um, Yeah, I was 28. So the Saturn return in human design terms is is about (laughs) the end of childhood. Hmm. Death of a grandparent would do it. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, this is the thing, you know, because human design is about the evolution of humanity and it's about a step into the next life cycle, um, which is at least, um, it's more than 80 years. So I think it's 84. Gosh, it's gone right out of my head. But anyway. Which is this Uranus takes to get around. That's the Uranus, yeah. It's the Uranian life cycle, yeah. So the average age for women in this time. Yeah. However, you know, because we used to live in a Saturnian world where, already by the time we were 28 you know life had sort of happened and then after that life declined so that's you know if you think back into the past you know it used to be you know you were they were people were 15 and they started their they got married they started their families they had their careers you know they got to 28 or 30 they were already considered to be old and then if you got to 50 yeah, if you were got to 50, you know, you were lucky to still be alive at that point and you were definitely um, old. And, and you probably didn't have any teeth by then. Anyway. No, you didn't have teeth or anything like that. And so our minds have still got this idea that we should be mature by the time we're, um, you know, leaving school, 18 or something like that. Oh, you should know what you're doing. And blah, blah, blah. But actually, um, with this longer life cycle at 28, that's the end of childhood. We're just arriving. We're just getting to the planet. You know, we're just working out, ah, what is this that I'm in, this body that I'm in, and what is this life that I'm in? And so this is also one of the things that puts huge pressure on young people, that at Saturn, their, you, their minds are expecting of them and all the older generations are saying to them, oh, you need to have everything sorted by now. And they're feeling this sense of panic that they don't. And that's because actually they're just getting here. <laughs> they're just getting here. And, you know, and for me, my Saturn return was very much like that. That was the beginning of kind of settling into a life. Before that, I had multiple careers, um, you know, several different relationships. By the time I got to my Saturn return, I was on to my second marriage, you know. So, you know, I'd done a lot, you know, by the time I got to my Saturn return. I've travelled um, around the world twice. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, and this is what people do, isn't it? We have all these different experiences. And that's really what that session is for. It's really to have this breadth and depth of experience and to, to make our mistakes, to learn from experience, to, to really learn the difference between what our ideals are and what, what, what turns up in life and to start to see, ah, okay, how do I build my resilience? How do I start to get to grips with this? And so, you know, my Saturn return was really the beginning of, oh, yeah, here I am. I started a big, long career that went right through from my Saturn return to my Chiron return and a whole different life that happened in that period in between those two up to 28 to around 50. Um, yeah, so that's the, that was the Saturn, yeah. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and and I said before, yeah, and and they were always challenges to my health. And yeah, it, by the time I got to my Saturn return, I was really burnt out. And so that was my beginning of trying to work out how to deal with burnout. And it took me years, you know, it took me years to start to get on top of that burnout as I built my career and as I became more and more successful um, and became more and more skilled in what I did. And, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a long process of trying, to, of trying to heal. But it was really human design that gave me the tools in the end for what I needed. So that when I got to my Chiron return, which was a big health challenge, mm. boy, did I have the tools to do something quite, that still amazes me, actually, when I look back at it. Yeah. Because of the transformation, you managed to deal with the Chiron return? Yeah, yeah. So when I got to my Chiron return, so the Chiron return in human design is really about the beginning of the potential beginning of full of your full contribution to the world saying ah okay so what have you learned over those first two phases what are your wounds have you learned the lessons of your wounds can you bring those healed wounds into what it is that you contribute in the world so that other people get the benefit of it, so that not only you get the benefit of it, but other people get the benefit of it. So it's archetypically the return of the wounded healer. And it will, you know, and so this affects some people more than others. So anyone who has what's called a sixth line in their profile, you know, in human design there are profiles, you know, there's a one, three, and a two, four, and there's a whole lot of different profiles. So anyone who is a, a six in their profile, there might be a four, six, or a six, two, or a three, six, or, a, you know, so there's a few of them. This is even more potent for them, and I have that six in my profile. And so when I got to my Chiron return, um, well, first of all, <laughs> I found human design at my Uranus opposition. And I realized when I learned about the car and return, oh, I've got about seven years to really get to grips with living my strategy and authority and getting to know this body graph map of mine. Because if I don't at my car and return, I'm at risk. 
because this is true for all of us, at Aikara and Return, if we really haven't started to live as ourselves and got to grips with that, this is where we're very vulnerable, both health and psychologically. This is where, where life will force us into a whole new life and are we prepared for it? Do we have the tools on board? Have we healed our wounds? Can we bring those healed wounds to others and our contribution to the world? And so I knew this. So I was very motivated between when I found you in design and um, when I knew I was coming to my car and return, which in my case, I was 49. Yeah, I think mine's early. So I'm like, oh, I've yeah. still got two years to the year in a supposition. Yeah. And I've only got five years. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what happened to me at my car and return is, yes, I'd been working for around seven years with human design. I had transformed my life. Um, I Everything in my life had changed for the better. And that involved some pain because it meant let go, letting go of things that um, aspects of my life that really in the end weren't supportive for my health and well-being. And so by the time I got to my current return, I'd made all that change. And my mind was saying to me, oh, have I done enough to get through this? Okay. And so then when I found that I had a growth in my uterus, um, which was diagnosed as possibly being cancer because it had a blood supply, you know, it was a it was something that had its own blood supply. The surgeon said to me, well, um, this needs to be removed because we could do a biopsy, but if we're doing a biopsy, we may as well remove it because it needs to come out. And I said to him, well, okay, I'll book in, but I need a, a bit more than a month. I need a bit more than a month in between having my ultrasound scan. I want an ultrasound scan. Um, sorry, we had an ultrasound scan. I said, but I'll only book in for surgery if I'm allowed to have a second ultrasound scan before the surgery. And he said to me, why? Are you going to do some kind of mind-body healing thing? <laughs> and I said, I, am. <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and he laughed at me. He said, I'll see you in surgery. Anyway, so I then had a month, just over a month, and I... Yeah, I employed every, I used every tool that I had in my toolbox and I lived every moment in that time according to my human design, which involved going to a different place, being in a different environment. Yeah, I won't go into it. Anyway, it involved a lot of things to live my design as I should. And I had my ultrasound scan and the woman who did the scan said, oh, something wrong here. It's like, what? She said, there's something wrong. I can't see it. She said, hang on. Let, I'll just go and get my colleague. She went down the hall. She brought her, her colleague back. They had a look. No, it's not here. She says, I'm very sorry. We don't know what's happened to it. It's gone. Had another look. Well, we don't know what's happened, but it's disappeared. The surgeon rang me and said, I'm ringing to apologize that you won't need your surgery. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm really sorry. We don't know what's happened, but you won't need your surgery. I said, you don't need to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, this is what I mean. You know, this is a body. This is not just, 
this is not just something that you believe in. This is something, if you follow it, there's something that can happen which really supports your health and well-being. I dissolved a growth in my uterus using everything I'd learned in human design. There it was in the ultrasound. It was there, it was there at the beginning. It wasn't there at the end. Wow. I avoided surgery. You know, this was my car in return. So my car in return was saying, ah, here's the sacral center. The sacral is the life force Yeah. Uterus. Everyone, you know, 70% of people on the planet have this sacral defined in their body graph. This is a generator world we live in. Okay, Christine Spicer, you're an open sacral being. In fact, you're open in your whole body graph. What have you learned about what you do to yourself when you overwork? What have you learned about what you do to yourself when you live your life like the majority? Yeah? Because you're not designed to live your life like the majority. This is going to make you physically unwell. So, you know, here I am. I was faced with that. Um, you know, and I did a lot of, of course, a lot of damage to myself over so many years living like the majority. And I've learned to live now like my design. Yeah, which is very different from the majority. Well, it's not motivation to follow your strategy and authority and learn more about the design. I, I don't know what is because I mean you, you mentioned you're a reflector one of the four types you mentioned that 70% of the world is a generator type which is kind of rules the world work 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 um, and then there's two other types the, uh, the projectors and the manifestors and I'm a manifester so what you're saying about not being in the majority is really resonating and mm. thinking about overworking and health and I'm like oh my back's been a bit sore hmm mm -hmm. how can I follow my strategy and authority mm. more so that it's yeah. not <laughs> yeah exactly exactly because you know as the um health and well-being for each design is so different and you know for people who have an open sacral which is those other three types the manifesto the reflector and the projector you know I hear so many of people with those designs trying to trying to um, apply their design to the life that generators live you know in some way still believing that they can just live life like a generator and somehow be a projector or a manifester because of course you know the the design that we have in our body graph is our potential this is our potential this is not this is not what you might be living most people are not living the way they're designed to live i've actually been listening to a podcast by a manifester and it's all it's aimed targeted totally to manifestors and she's been talking about the rest and creation cycle and as I sit there in my generator type job um I've been ref reflecting <laughs> about when I sit there and I just can't focus on my work I know I work in spurts I've always known that and then but not giving myself a hard time about it I sit there and go oh maybe this is just my rest cycle I'll just wait for the urge to <laughs> Work again, but you know, I don't talk to people at work about it because mm. they think I'm weird enough with the stuff I come out with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yes, for manifest is so important to have that recharge. You know, there's this intense release of energy um, when your authority says it's correct, and then there's this ah, now I've got to recharge. You know, I've got to recharge. 
And even, gen, you know, generators and manifesting generators, and this is what I want to say, anyone who belongs to that type who's listening, so important that your work doesn't feel like, I mean, it, sh- it should be something you love. You know, no one's designed to do, you know, work, 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 something you hate. You know, generators and manifesting generators are about creativity. You know, they're about really being able to apply that energy in a way that is so juicy and satisfying and life-giving so that they emanate this um, aura of satisfaction in the world. And that's what all of us open sacral people want. We want them to be oozing their satisfaction so that we're taking in their satisfaction through our open sacrals and we're amplifying it and we're, you know, <laughs> we're in ecstasy because they are so satisfied. This is what we want in the world. And yet there are so many generators and manifesting generators using that, that life force, you know, in a personally abusive way you know they're doing things to themselves that they really don't have the energy for and feeling incredibly frustrated flat stuck um, you know feeling degenerated and then these open sacral beings that we are then take in that degenerated flat stuck frustrated life force and amplify it you know and that's just one of the nine centers, really, isn't that's it? Right. There's yeah, yeah. so much more. I know that we're really only skimming the surface. But I do feel like we've mentioned reflectors, uh, manifestors, and generators. And maybe we should say something about the projectors who haven't been talked about. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these um, projector, projector type, um, you know, these are the, the people who see so much. You know, they, if they have enough, um, <laughs> if they're relaxed enough in their lives, then they have their attention free to really see what's going on, particularly between people around them, to really see how things are working or not working. And they're here, you know, as the, the guides to, you know, when other people see that they see and want their input then they've really got this green light to go ahead as long as it feels correct for them to give input to people, to guide them, to to help them, others use their energy and resources in a way that um, supports life. You know, this is, this is what projectors are here for, you know, as the guides. But of course, a lot of projectors are so exhausted and so, bitter that things are not working for them in the way that they would like them to that they go around trying to tell everyone what to do (laughs) you know because they can see so much and they just feel the frustration of the world and then they feel like I just I feel so frustrated because of course they're taking in that frustrated generator energy and if I could just tell them that to do it this way then it would be better but of course they get the blowback from that because you know, they haven't been invited or recognized. And so then they feel even more bitter. So, you know, for every type, there is this wonderful um, recipe. And for every person, there's a a particular recipe of um, how success comes. And in the the case of the projector, the success comes through really 
navigating as themselves based on their own chart and really being able to have that experience of other people applying their energy in the way that is right for them and they then experience the success of that because they're guiding in a successful way um yeah Oh, there's so much. There's so much. I feel like we could probably keep talking for another couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered like the the main the midlife with the Uranus opposition and mm. the huge impact that that can potentially have. We've looked at Saturn return and Chiron return. Your story around those as well. Um, so, and we've touched on those four different types. Talked a little bit about authority and decision making, but not a huge amount. And we've talked about the sacral center. Um, there's there's so much and I, I really feel like going back and listening to my foundation reading because as you said everyone's is so unique and listening to it over again and I've already listened to it probably about four times because I think it was three years ago I had it and I've just found it off my old laptop ah, you <laughs> found couldn't it. make yeah. it to my new laptop yeah. um, so I, I would encourage anyone that if you're interested in it I mean, there's lots of stuff online, but having a foundation reading is really getting in uniquely to you. And I know from doing the retreats with other types and I went on manifest a retreat, which was kind of a, um, an unusual thing to happen in the world. Um, that yeah, was that was really- fun. It was fun. It was, it was very intense. Yeah, very intense. <laughs> Even <Wow>. for me. <laughs> um, and then, and then at, uh, at the one where there were all sorts of, um, designs and different uh, types. I, I found that I was like more at the intense end. So that, but I also got this great experience of all these different types, depending on the individual body graph and which centers were open or closed. That that there is such a vastness that you can't actually just read a description of a generator or a projector or a reflector or a manifester and come to any kind of conclusion which is what is very tempting when you're new somewhere trying to understand it with the mind um so human design I mean I feel like uh, three years in I've got a little bit of an understanding more about my strategy and authority and now and but there's still so much more to kind of learn and one thing I really appreciate about human design it's like this this is how you're designed these are these different things and I remember when when I read that like rest was really important for a manifester I felt so much better about myself and I stopped kicking myself that I get tired early and I like a good night's sleep I don't function very well without enough sleep and I've always known this I was the first one trying to get a taxi home from the nightclub when it hit midnight like I was Cinderella trying to get home before the carriage turned into a pumpkin Um, (laughs) I've always been like that and it's okay because I'm designed like that yeah 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 and this is the thing and I you know a lot of people who have readings when they really hear the depth of their own transmission of their particular codes because human design is a language um, something can really happen where there's an inner relaxation that happens it's like ah all those things that I've kind of been criticizing myself about actually they're part of me ah yeah 
Yes. Then, and then it's the journey of, and will I honor them using my strategy and authority or not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because, I mean, everyone's chart is so different. You know, there are 7 billion different designs on the planet. And I agree with what you're saying. I think your, you know, your input on that is really important for people to hear that, um, you know, just following the generalizations of type and strategy and authority although interesting and supportive, your own design is so much more personal than that and so much more particular than that. And so getting to know it over a, process, over a period of time in the experiment of trying it out is incredibly important. Yeah. I'm in a Facebook group for Manifesto Woman that, that someone suggested. I was listening to another podcast because obviously I listen to podcasts. That's why I've got one. Um, <laughs> someone did a, an episode it was an astrology podcast but she did about human design and she said oh there's lots of groups on Facebook so I went on Facebook and so every so often these conversations come up about um about relationships and what's a good match and some of the best advice someone said don't put anyone in a box just because they're that particular type because they may actually be a good match for you even though you think that as that type it's not going to be a match I mean the same goes for astrology if you're looking at it in, in those those terms as well yeah. yeah, good advice. Yeah, very important. Life really is a, a mystery, isn't it? And I love that advice to just keep following the inner authority step by step and life will lead us on our purpose. It's almost like it's not to a purpose, it's mm. on our purpose. Mm. So yeah. I think a lot more um, encouragement within myself and motivation to really tap into my strategy and authority now especially what you said about health but yeah. also with the get it sorted before the uranus opposition and maybe i'm blessed to have that extra two years because um it seems to me from talking with the different people that have been on the show so far that that most people have a a pretty um full-on 40s for those that i've talked to that have have been uh, through them um it can be quite quite a shift and quite a shake-up and maybe we don't necessarily have a huge amount of control over that but if we keep following a strategy and authority it may make it a little bit less stormy potentially. Mm, yeah yeah well you know I look back to when I found human design which was at the Uranus opposition and I'm so grateful that I did because if I follow with my mind, in my imagination, the trajectory I was going on because I was making decisions with my mind before that, I think I would have um, kind of exploded my life in a way that wouldn't have been that helpful. <laughs> you know, because by the time I got to 40 um, and my Uranus opposition, I was really, you know, I'd been married for quite a long time and I um, got to the point where I was, I was out of, out of options. It was like, well, this is not really working. I think this is the end. But when I found human design, it gave me this huge insight into my relationship with my then husband and my children, which gave me ah, this perspective on the diversity of how different we all were. And because I then was able to see, ah, this is where the rub is. This is where... These things that keep repeating 
um, and getting under my skin. This is what it is. And so I, I was very hopeful at that point. It was like, wow. And I spent another five years in that relationship in it in a way that I wouldn't have been if I um, hadn't had that tool. And so it gave me this incredible um, hope and respect and it gave me more tools to be in the relationship and to work with it. And when that relationship finally ended and I chose to leave, uh, I felt as if I had approached it in every way that I could, you know, and done everything that I could. I, I left nothing, um, yeah, there was nothing that I hadn't tried um, to make that work. And I think that was a much more constructive way um, to, to approach that. Yeah, so I think it's just so helpful um, to know these things, yeah. So if people want to find out more about um, human design and, and you, because you do foundation readings amongst mm -hmm. many other things, depending on what your strategy and authority are directing you to do at, yes. at the time, um, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, the best way for people to find me is at um, humandesign.nz. So Christine at humandesign.nz or on by my website, which is www.humandesign.nz. And so you can find, um, yeah, inquire about readings there. And, um, and of course, there are other also other analysts now. So one thing I would say to people is if you're going to invest in a human design reading, have it from somebody who is a trained analyst because they've learned the language of human design and they've learned how to transmit it in a way that you really do get your design. They're not just giving you information. And so, you know, over the years I have, you know, there are, I've been training, bringing people through the early training so that they can get on the path of becoming analysts. So now some of these people are analysts in New Zealand. So if you also want to find other human design analysts in New Zealand, you can go to uh, jovianarchive.com and look for New Zealand in there and you'll find the analysts who are, um, qualified so I think there are four or five of us now so so or, or, or any other country you could probably put that country yeah. in too because you know podcasts yeah. it's not only people with the, the same accent as us oh know, yes of I, course yes I, I wasn't my fingers about that like someone that. from overseas has listened to yeah. uh, one of my podcasts please get in touch I'd love to know where you're, where you're listening from <laughs> yeah because um, you brought human design to New Zealand when because you discovered it I think through a friend in Germany you've that's right. Times and yes. really grown it since since yeah. getting into that. But that's probably another completely different <laughs> story. Um, so much. I love these. I love doing this podcast. I get to have these like great conversations and learn so much and get very motivated. Um, so I'll be checking in with my inner authority about many things <laughs> and reminding myself to do it again and again <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's lovely to talk with you about this and to see you on your journey you know of activating this in yourself it's a fantastic thing and um and it is a journey it's not a one-time oh yes I've had a reading and now I've done it it's uh, the beginning of a an experiment as you said Mm. They call it deconditioning in the human design yes. world, don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Letting go of everything that's inside of you that is not you, that is motivating you, that is not you. And turning up as yourself as a result. It's yeah. got to be the biggest challenge in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking through the conditioning. Mm. Mm. That's right. And, and really learning what it is to make a decision 
that is coming from our own authority and not from the pressure and not from the fear in the world. Mm-hmm. A fantastic tool for these times. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Christine. I really appreciate it. And mm-hmm. onwards we go. Yeah. How lovely. Thank you for inviting me to come and share about human design. It's really a huge passion for me and I love to share it with people. You might have heard me mention in the intro that the associations between the interview and the music track can be quite creative. And if you listened to the last episode, you might also be expecting a recently recorded original. But alas, Mercury Retrograde is happening in Libra right now, and do you think I could get any of my microphones and headphones working properly when I had some time for recording? I do admit to paralysing perfectionism at times, so I did procrastinate hugely. But because of that, I do have a brand new song that came through. But you'll have to wait until next month. For next month, I really do need to make that self-imposed deadline, if only because there's another exciting guest who challenged me to record quite some time ago. So for this month, I chose the next best courageous choice. It's a song called Mother. The creative association with human design is that it could almost be a plea to connect with my splenic wisdom. It was written as if speaking to an external or internal divine mother while I was living in an ashram of a Sarasvati lineage, Sarasvati being the goddess of creativity and music. It's a song that I haven't often performed because it felt too personal. In fact, a friend of mine who I asked to vet the album in 2015 before I released it for the tracks commented that this was the most genuine song of the whole album yet I've been hiding behind it as kind of like a b-side for some years. Give you my 
Life is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmarlowspence.com. Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraswati Marie Willis, and art by Samantha Hepburn.